This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. The Sons of the Shoe is back. Nick Wilson, Spencer German. And we get the honor the distinct pleasure to break down the 38-3 win for Ohio State, a night game in Columbus. I don't think past about the first quarter, fans were really all that into this game. They didn't have to be because it was a slaughter. Uh, it might as well have been, you know, 65-3. to And the, the big things to take away from this game are Marvin Harrison Jr. with a three-touchdown performance, uh, 160-plus total all-purpose yards Kyle McCord's best statistical game as Buckeyes quarterback the defense didn't bone it up and uh oh Michigan State has one thing and it's a great kicker so Spencer (laughs) it was uh it was the kind of game we thought it would be and you know Ohio State got the 35 point win but again they they really took the their foot off the gas there in the uh in the second half. So this was, this was, this game was really over by halftime. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was, that's a fair way to say it. I, you kind of knew what the score was at the break. It, it, it fell over. We joked about just rec- starting to record the show at halftime. Um, oh, you were, I, I was not joking about it. You, know, you were I, serious we about that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could be in bed right now. Yeah. That's not a bad point. Actually, we could have just, we could have just kind of done like a, react to the first half and in real time share. Oh, by the way, Marvin Harrison. Yep. He just scored again or something like, you know, we could have, we could have done it that way. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think what's interesting, you got me in a good night, Nick, because I'm fired up about a couple of different things, which, I, which we are going to get into throughout the course of the show that happened in this game. Uh, well, one thing that happened in this game, <laughs> okay, okay. the right. other stuff happened in another game, which I think the people who are jumping in live with us, yeah. the people who are listening to this later, I think they're all, it's kind of one of those situations, Nick, where I feel like we're starting the show with a purpose of, Hey, let's react to the Ohio state game. But we know what everybody really wants to talk about. It's like, it's like kicks versus Barry Berry kicks. Yeah. Kicks is cool. Your parent, your mom used to buy it for you because it was a healthier cereal. But I really wanted the Berry Berry Kicks. It was better. It had more flavor. It was fruitier. I, I liked it. So we all know what people want us to talk about. We're going to get there at some point in the show. I think that's uh, that's kind of the gist of this one tonight. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it, it's impossible to tell the tale of this game tonight without just continuing to to say every nice superlative you can about Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, he got them going really early. Kyle McCord, and we got to really give him his flowers today because he was really good, really early, and really confident. But Marvin Harrison Jr. with three touchdowns on the day, it was 168 all-purpose yards. And in fairness, he kind of can gripe a little bit 
with his quarterback because his quarterback missed uh, caused him to miss his yeah, fourth touchdown yeah. with kind of an underthrow. But like for me, this is the kind of game where like because Marvin had a couple clunkers early in the season, he needed a game or two to kind of beef up those stats. Well, today was that kind of day. And I, I think the fact that he had pretty much most of this coming in the first half and that, you know, he spent most of the second half on the sidelines, I think is something to pay attention to. And today I'll be honest with you. There were two names that I saw people in the college football stratosphere, whether it is, you know, uh, us in the media or or college football fans tweeting about. Uh, one was Jaden Daniels of LSU, who had a ridiculous day on the ground. He had 200-plus yards uh, running, plus uh, another, like, 150 yards passing. And then the other name was Marvin Harrison Jr., and it really just mm. kind of – it sets up really neatly for that Ohio State-Michigan game, and it sets up for – a, a, a Heisman push here as you move into Minnesota this next week. And I just, I don't know you can say anything more about Marvin Harrison Jr. Other than that was a holy crap kind of performance. Out yeah. Of yeah. I mean, it, the, I, I thought the fact that they used him, I mean, how many times have we on this show, Nick talked about how the way Ohio state is going to win games is with their defense, stopping the opponent and giving the offense more opportunities. And then with those opportunities, Ohio State getting the ball in the hands of their athletes in advantageous situations, whether it's Trayvon Henderson, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr. And Ryan Day did that today in 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 more than just the passing game. I mean, the first touchdown he scored of the day was on the ground. Like, they used him in a reverse situation, and he was able to score that way. So I thought that was a brilliant move by them to sort of try some of these things out, test some of these things out for that maybe you'll have or want to want to deploy against better teams like Michigan or a college football playoff situation. So I love that about this game. But yeah, you're right. He Kyle McCord kind of cost him a fourth touchdown there. But as you bring up the Marvin Harrison Jr. for Heisman conversation, I kind of want to credit our show for uh, getting the ball rolling on this because we had this conversation weeks ago. And we really, I mean, we went in and I even did as much as crunching the numbers on where he was stacked up with uh, Devonta Smith from a couple of years ago when he won it. And I'm at a point right now, Nick, as I look at the numbers, he's over a thousand yards receiving now. He's up to, uh, I think, 12 total touchdowns now on uh, receiving touchdowns. He does have the one obviously on the ground tonight. So 13 total. He is right in the in the realm of where Devonta Smith was a couple years ago. I'm just going to put it on the record now. I'm going to say it on this show. If Ohio State beats Michigan and Marvin Harrison has a good game in that one to help them beat Michigan, I think he is going to win the Heisman Trophy. I, I think it has to go to him because, yeah, like you bring up Jaden Daniels and, yeah, he's had a good year and all these different things, but is are they are the voters really going to give it to somebody on a team that isn't going to the college football playoff or doesn't really have a shot at that? Like they're going to give it to somebody who is a key contributor on a team that is going places, and Ohio State would obviously be on that track if they beat Michigan in two weeks. I think the reason why the Michigan game is more important for him, I, I think it's it's less about beating them, and it's more about him in that game showcasing his value to this team and with, with a big offensive performance. And I think, like, tonight's a kind of night where, like, if you didn't have Marvin, you're still probably going to win 38-3. to Yeah. But – it, you're going to have to earn those points a little tougher. Abuka still isn't where he, you know, where you want him to be. He's still battling the ankle injury, which Gus Johnson said about 75 times in the game today. Um, Cade Stover's a really nice piece, but obviously he's not uh, either Abuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. You're still kind of getting intermittent production from the other guy. So I just think like Marvin Harrison Jr. is the single greatest whoopee for a quarterback and for a shaky quarterback like Kyle McCord that we've ever seen. And we do have a comment uh, already from the the listening masses here. Uh, Buckeye Brown saying, way to go, Buckeyes. It just That was honestly after a hard-fought victory against Rutgers. I'm not entirely sure what to expect out of Minnesota because they've had like the fluky Iowa win and then turned around with a bad loss and then – another bad loss today to Illinois. So like part of me wants to say you might just get another kind of freebie walk into the end zone next week, but getting back to, to Marvin Harrison jr. Today was his 14th, 100 yard plus receiving yeah. game in his career that ties him with Buckeye legend, David Boston for the most of all time. 
you would imagine he's going to have a chance in the regular season here with two more games to go. And then to didn't make he also didn't he also pass uh he passed Chris Carter tonight, right? For touchdowns, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I just to me the way this is stacking up, if he can have another game, and now I'm sounding such a uh, spoiled brat, but from the from the Heisman side of things, I think today put him in the top three. I think he's yeah. been I think he's been gearing that way, but I think if he can have another kind of similar output against Minnesota, where it's you're just seeing a guy that he's just making it easy for everybody else around him. Trevion Henderson only had to run the ball 13 times today uh, compared to 46 times total in his first two games back off the injury. So you're saving Travion a little bit, a little bit of tread there. Um, man, if he can go out there against Michigan and just have a couple touchdowns, 150 yards, even if you don't win, but it's a close game, I think everyone's going to walk away seeing what we saw tonight where this yeah. dude is just on a different level than pretty much everybody on the field at any given yeah. point. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and we kind of viewed, Nick, like this stretch of games where you have Rutgers, where you have Michigan State, where you had Minnesota next week. We sort of looked at this as the stretch where he needed because because when we talked about the Marvin Harrison conversation earlier, we did sort of know that he's a little bit probably off the pace to to make the award his. And we kind of said this stretch of games before the Michigan game was kind of his chance to pad those stats to mm -hmm. get himself more into that conversation. And then the Michigan game really is like the last audition. This is your chance. Like if you go out and you perform in this one and Ohio state wins the game, like it's yours, man. You, you can't give it to anybody else because that to me would prove like he had the biggest impact on a team that probably had some, that wasn't necessarily the, the, the Ohio state we're used to in previous years where they're just lighting everybody up and like like kind of what we saw tonight, that's usually the, the, the week-to-week thing with Ohio State. So for him to sort of take them to that next level and be the reason why they maybe beat a Michigan and go, or go into the college football playoff and stay undefeated, like it would be the cherry on top of his resume for the award. I think you'd have no choice but to give it to him, in my opinion. So I think you're right. Like he, he was already trending that direction, but tonight and the last couple of weeks in general, I think have kind of cemented him as the top three candidate. And I think that it's going to come down to what happens in that Michigan game. And that's how, and, and to be fair, like that's how this, this, that's, that's how this Heisman conversation usually happens, right? Like you need with all the players that win the Heisman, you can usually find a moment and say that was their Heisman moment. Like you think maybe the classic example of that is like Johnny Manziel, which I know brings up PTSD for us living in Cleveland, but Johnny Manziel, the year he won it, his Heisman moment was that drive against Alabama to go down and win the game. Like you have these moments where you're like, okay, this guy's clearly it. And that moment for him is going to come in Michigan. And if he lives up to it, if it helps Ohio state win that game, then yeah, I, I think it's his, I think it's his award to lose. I really do. Well, and I got to say, um, I really like the idea of using that wrinkle of him in the run game. Mm -hmm. And they, they used it a lot with Xavier Johnson as well tonight, which again, I think was a lot about saving touches on, on Travion Henderson. Henderson. That, I'm going to be honest, Nick, that was when they went down and they scored Harrison scored the rushing touchdown. I was like, okay, cool. They scored the second touchdown, the pass to Harrison and it was 14, nothing. And my first thought was, okay, how many more scores do they need before they can start taking guys like Henderson out like Harrison out yeah. because I did not want anybody to get hurt. That was literally my thought after that second touchdown. Yeah. But I mean, I think if you can find a way to, to, to specialize that, or to highlight that once or twice, yeah. I think that could, you know, that's the kind of wrinkle that if you can abuse that in the, in the Michigan game and he just pops one off yeah. from the backfield and he has a very similar to the way it did, you know, his first touchdown tonight, I think that'd be huge. Now, Another comment coming in here, and I actually think this is a legitimate conversation to have today, which is about Ohio State and just gunning it early and then kind of pulling their foot off here. Uh, Chuck, uh, tuning in here, giving us his comments here. You guys can uh, uh, please join along as well. Chuck saying, any issue with Ohio State not continuing to pour it on and then going conservative with the backups? I don't but just had an argument with someone saying that we needed the style points. Um, all right. So I think this is a legitimate conversation. 
what I would say is I don't have an issue with it. I think I think it's a classy thing to do yeah. for an embattled coach in Harlan Barnett, who's obviously trying to get the full-time gig. They're not going to give it to him. So he's just trying to get that team to the finish line. And I actually think Michigan State should have – that the kids on the field should have earned your respect tonight because – they were outgunned, outmanned. They really, I mean, they had that first uh, Marvin Harrison catch was on a uh, on a true fresh, not a true freshman, on a freshman corner, uh, left one on one on an island because they just don't have the dudes. So, I'll be honest with you, I I think if this was a different team or if Ryan Day maybe had more of an axe to grind, if this was Michigan instead of Michigan State, maybe it'd look different. But I think this was I, – I, I actually think it was the classy thing to do. And Because, listen, if the committee paid any attention to this game, they're going to see that this game was over at halftime. And you're going to be able to know that that the Buckeyes pretty much called off the dogs there early yeah. in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I, I generally understand, like, this is always the debate, Nick, because in, in the college football playoff era where it's all based off of this – you know, arbitrary conversations with the with people on the committee and how they feel about things. You what you generally want the style points in, in that way. Um, so I generally, and that's why these like people who get mad nowadays about like, oh well, why they keep pouring it on or why they've run up the score. I usually don't get mad about that like some people do because I'm always like, well, in today's climate, like if you're a good team, like you kind of want to prove that you're the better team. And so you just kind of keep doing it. And my argument will always be like, well, stop them if you don't like it. Right. Um, but in this instance, I'm ag- I agree with you. Like, I think the spread is always a good indicator, right? Like if you're covering the spread, that's usually a pretty good indicator of the, f- and the spread in this game was what? 31 and a half, I think coming in. Right. Am I right about yeah. that? 31 and a half. Yeah. Like if you're if you're covering the spread as early in the game as Ohio State was, I don't think the committee is going to dock you because you didn't decide like, hey, you know what? Let's try to double the spread on this team. Like I think you pretty much proved, yeah, we're good. We we beat this team. Now maybe the one way it comes back to bite you is that you look across the scoreboard and see Georgia hung 45 on Ole Miss, who was ranked 10 in the country, and so maybe then you're like, well, I guess you could have run up the score, but I don't think like it's it's two completely different games i I think at this point if you're ohio state you've already established the committee that you're a good team you're they've given you number one the last two weeks like i don't think you were going to add to your argument or add to your case by by trying to double up the the spread on a team like michigan state i I don't think it does any ohio state any benefit i do think there's one potential way we could look at this and I don't know how much this matters because you and I are not in the, uh, the 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 selection committee room, but I I could I could conceivably see this conversation happening. Like, oh yeah, thirty eight to three, that's a really nice win. Michigan beat them forty nine to nothing. And when we mm. start to add up all the little stuff, like you know, Michigan literally beat Penn State in Happy Valley by one more point than Ohio State beat Penn State in Columbus. Like, yeah. I don't. Well, I, listen, and to and me, it might it might not have been it might have been a different score had uh, James Franklin not decided to go for it on fourth and one from his own thirty or whatever the hell it was. Like we'll we'll so. save that. But I I do wonder <laughs> like whether those things matter. But if Ryan Day you know looked at this and said, yeah, I could probably score another thirty five points if I wanted to, or thirty eight points but I don't want to get anyone injured and there's no need in demoralizing a school that's already so demoralized. They're putting Hitler on the scoreboard um, on at random. That's how games. you know you reach a lot rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that Hitler's usually a lot of people's, you know, rock bottom if we're being fair about it. Yeah. Not a lot of people came away from association with no. that guy with a positive tale and a, you know, good career outlook. But um, I think it might matter, but I, I, this is one of those times where I just don't mind you taking the yeah. the, the classier route here. So we are going to continue talking about this. We we do have to get a little bit more into uh, Kyle McCord's performance in tonight's game. And yes, when we come back, we are going to go ahead and talk about the elephant in the room, uh, the Wolverine in the room next. But first, uh, a quick word from our sponsors.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ohio State, a 38-3 winner over Michigan State. And before we get into the Michigan-Penn State side of things real quick, uh, not enough can be said about Kyle McCord. I think if we have been as nitpicky about his performances, which, by the way, I think is the right way to take it, like the bar is very high to be the Ohio State starting quarterback these days, um, I think in a moment here where he really goes out and takes care of business, you got to give him credit. He was confident. Um, I think because Michigan State was a little less talented, um, he was making some throws at sideline throw early. I can't remember who it was to, but it was right in the bread basket. Perfect timing throw. A yeah. lot of his timing throws are really good today. I think that's encouraging. I think a lot of that is you played Michigan State, but I mean, this kid had like his absolute best performance. And if at any point um, Ryan Day was was concerned about building more confidence, you kind of you could have just let him kind of keep um, opening up. They didn't do that. But Kyle McCord was really, really great tonight in, in what I think was his best, most confident performance is Buckeye starting yeah. quarterback. Yeah, and I understand, like, obviously there's going to be a lot of people who just look yeah. at it and say – and say oh well it was against Michigan State so of course it was good but I I think though uh yes that's true yes but I on the other from the other perspective of it like McCord needed a game like this to kind of build that confidence and that's what again this stretch of games was supposed to be it was supposed to be let's figure out what the identity of this offense is it seems like the run game seems to be a big part of it Trevion Henderson's healthy when he's healthy, he can do a lot of – I mean, there was a couple times tonight where like a play that maybe gets blown up in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage, he makes a guy miss and turns into like five, six yards. Like mm -hmm. that's the type of player that he is. And I think that's kind of been something that we've we've learned from this stretch between sort of the Penn State or really the Wisconsin game and the Michigan game. And I also think obviously Marvin Harrison is, is another big um, part of that. But Kyle McCord was kind of the third, the third link. Like – we needed to see him have a performance like this to make it seem like, okay, he can do this. Now, is he going to do that against a better defense? Maybe not, but if it helps build his confidence, if it helps get him more into rhythm with his, his receivers, if it helps him and Marvin Harrison have an even better connection as they kind of move things forward into these bigger games, I'm all for it. Again, we've, we've made fun of him. We've called him Honda McCord. We've called him all these different things. I don't know if we caught, we haven't caught him a lot of harsh things. It's just mostly playful and fun, but I agree with you. Like if, if we're going to, if we're going to say he's got to be better and we're going to criticize tonight was a night where I think you give him his flowers and say, yeah, he, he, he did what he needed to do. And he disposed of a, of a, of a bad team the way that Ohio state should have. I do think his pass, which I thought he was sacked where he's stepping up, trying to run and the Michigan yeah. defensive line uh, catches up to him and, and kind of blocks off his lane. He did like a little flick pass, um, to Cade Stover, which ended up in a first down, I thought was one of his actually most dynamic plays. Yeah. Because I thought it was and, a bang-bang play. And it wasn't a perfect um, little shovel pass to him. Yeah. But, like, it was the right play in the right moment, and it was a good risk. And for him to make that decision, you know, a lot of McCord's decisions, they take time. And whether it's coming off that first read or, you know, kind of a devotion to getting the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. at certain moments, 
you can tell sometimes it's just a little mechanical. That was not mechanical. That would yeah. like, and it's so funny because I'm now nitpicking the good parts of his performance <laughs> in a good way. But like, I thought that was a moment where it's like that. Oh, yeah. can, how can I get that 10 times a game? Not, you know, not necessarily for a touchdown. That wasn't for a touchdown, but like just a moment where he is playing within the offense, but there's a confidence and he can feel confident making that kind of taking that kind of risk without, you know, all of a sudden feeling like he's clenching on the next couple plays. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, that was a really good throw. Maybe one of his better moments of the season. Uh, let me ask you this, Nick, because, and and I know we're going to sort of get into the Michigan-Penn State game here too, so maybe this is a nice way to segue into that. How much do you think his lack of athleticism is going to hurt Ohio State? Because there's one thing I noticed in the Michigan-Penn State game today with Drew Aller, who, which like – yeah, he struggled in sort of in, in basically the two biggest games of his career to this point at Penn State, both Ohio State and now Michigan from a he's passing standpoint. Yes, yes. I, he's 19. I'm, he's a I'm Medina not, boy. I will not have any <laughs> Medina slander here. No, no, no. Here. This wasn't about slandering Drew Aller. I, what I'm trying to get at, though, is like the thing that I think he found some comfort in that sort of opened him up and allowed him to, to start playing a little bit better was that he could run the football. And he sort of started taking off. He scored a touchdown with his legs. And I don't know that that's a part of Kyle McCord's game. And I'm not even saying just for Michigan. I'm just saying, like, it was the same conversation we had with C.J. Stroud last year, which was, why doesn't they, why don't they ever run plays with C.J. Stroud? Why doesn't he ever run the football? And then, lo and behold, you got to the Georgia semifinal game, and he was running all over the damn place. And I just wonder, like, is that even something that's in Kyle McCord's arsenal? I don't think it is. But is that going to be something that maybe limits them against some of these better opponents? Because it seemed like that yes. was something that Penn State picked up on. And I don't know that I can envision Kyle McCord running for like a 20-yard touchdown like Drew Aller did today. Yeah, I mean, I think it is going to complicate things against Michigan. Uh, it's going to co- complicate things if you make the playoffs, which at this point it, it feels like even if you lose to Michigan, as long as it's a close loss, I would expect – that they're going to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I Listen, I do think it's going to be a complication. I would say if you had a really good offensive line, we wouldn't even be worried about it. But you have an in-between offensive line, and you know the hope is maybe some of the run game success has, has got some confidence in that O-line. There's still a lot of moments where he's getting pressure he shouldn't get against a you know, middle of the road or below par team. But I mean, I think, listen, I just think it's, I think in that game, uh, in any of those games, those are going to be prime time matchups for Marvin Harrison, Jr. Abuka and Travion Henderson. Yeah. And I think this year, who knows, man, maybe he, all of a sudden the cerebral part of the game grows. If he's back next year as a starter and, and maybe that, you know, kind of offsets some of that lack of mobility but yeah this isn't this isn't a hidden unicorn like cj stroud where it's just like they're not letting him run or or (laughs) or he's you know being conservative in not running no no this is you know this is as statuesque as it gets in 2023 as a quarterback a couple things i wanted to shout out real quick one the kid from uh, the kicker from michigan state jonathan ken kim deserves some love because that kid has a howitzer for a leg, which I didn't know you could do because those are usually, you know, arms. Um, and then I did have to ask this question. Everybody listening in right now in the comments, can, did everybody like the gray unis, the all gray unis tonight? I just want to, before I have any sort of takes, I just want to put that I'm out sa- there. I'm saving mine for a love it, like it, or leave it. So, well, no, that's not how this, you can, no, you can still nah. use it again. Oh, you bastard. Um, not great, Bob. You don't like them? Uh, I all all I like, like them. If it's gonna be a monochromatic thing, I want it to be like a cool color, <laughs> like all scarlet, nice. Even the all blacks, nice. All whites, all grays, not so much. And you know what? Thank you, Chuck, in the comments, wait, wait, wait. agreeing with me. Sorry. So hold on, not a fan. Unrelated to the Buckeye said. Do you, are you, have you been anti-Browns white helmet uniform too? You uh, wait, like wait, 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 wait. That is the exception to the rule for oh, me. Now, if you said, now. If you said normal Browns helmet, 
with the white jerseys, I'm out. If you said white helmet with the white jerseys, I think it looks different. But that's different than the the gray helmet and the all gray uh, today that we saw. I, I I'll uh, I'll give away one of my answers for our final segment here. But I Damn I, it. I did I did like them. I did like them. Um, is it my favorite Ohio State like alternate uniform that they've ever come up with? No. Um, no walking, been, no, no, no getting on the fence on these ones, but they're you either but like it or you hate but it. There, but there's been worse. Like I remember there was that one year they did like the, the bottom part of the Jersey was gray and the top part was like scarlet on the shoulders. And that, that was just terrible. I don't know what the hell that was. That was a stupid look. I'd like but, to point out that I think you're riding the fence on this one. No, uh, I said, there, there've been worse. You could always play the, there have been worse okay. cards. I liked the jerseys. I, I thought it was okay. a good combo All for right. a Saturday night game. I, I wish it would have been a better uh, game, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I understand some people don't. I've always been a fan of like the all gray look, so I like it. I was just saying, countering off of your point that it was like, oh, I'm not a fan. I was like, there's definitely been a lot worse if you don't like it than, than that look. If you're there's another comma. Into it. Uh, Buckeye Browns saying uh, it was okay look, not the best. Not the worst. So I feel like that's Buckeye, worse to me than that. You. That was riding the fence, though. That, that's okay, but like, he's allowed okay. to. You're not anytime, allowed to. Anytime you call something okay, yeah, it's it's riding the fence. But yeah. I I said I liked it. I, I'm establishing now. I liked it. I was saying if you're somebody who didn't like it, let's be honest here. There's been a lot worse than that. Not a defense. I, I, we got to move on. We've got other things. No, there are worse things. Is not a proper defense of a uniform. Um, that being said, I guess we can get to the crying game here. So to catch us all up, uh, late Friday. I, got a I, think lot was, to say. I think it was about three thirty. The Big Ten suspension. The and again, it's an in-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so he can still coach during the week, but this will affect Penn State. Um, I can't remember the second to last game they have. And then the Ohio state game, if it holds uh, Michigan filed an emergency injunction and we kind of all expected Jim Harbaugh to be on the sidelines today. That was not the case as uh, there's actually going to be a hearing on this coming up this Friday. Um, so we should know by I'm assuming this Friday or at least early next week, whether or not, um, Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines for Ohio State, Michigan. But then fast forward to today, Michigan was very much playing up the fact that they're the victims. And uh, and okay, uh, there's can we just say mm, Michigan versus everybody is ridiculous. just a weak ass ripoff. What the hell are we Ohio doing? against the world? Like what the hell are we you, doing? Nick? You know that I think the way the Big Ten has handled this has honestly been laughable, and it seems more like culling the bloodlust of fans and in other schools than actually making the right decision. But I digress. So I actually have taken more of a I think Michigan's got a damn point here stance than anything, and that. I'd rather this all be handled in the off season when we can, you know, when we, when we don't have football yeah. to talk about, but like Michigan versus everybody, this is, this is like if Ohio state, if Ohio uh, versus the world is Pepsi, this isn't even diet RC Cola. <laughs> like this is, this is the, the this is the right aid, not right aid. Um, the uh, Aldi Cola that it just says, Cola. It doesn't even. It doesn't even have a fucking brand name. It's just like, uh, hey, what's that Ohio thing? Yeah, let's do a dumber, bastardized version okay, of that. Okay, to tell everybody know how how serious we are. I got. I'm gonna be honest with you here, Nick. I have been very much. I'm just gonna start from the very beginning of this entire scandal. From oh, shit. The, from That's a the, long time ago, man. Yeah, I don't know. We got a long we, we this is gonna be a long episode. You no, would like to go to bed. No, no, no. I I want to go back to the very beginning of this whole thing up until even like this week. And I'm gonna be completely honest. Like, yeah, I've been reading everything and seeing all the details, and it's been it's been fun to follow. Like it's been it's it has been entertaining as hell to just see how this has all unfolded and what's under this rock and what's under that rock and all these different things, okay. But I was very much, I was leaning more into the lane that you're in of like, at the end of the day, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like everyone's doing it. Like, is it really worth some massive punishment here and all this different stuff, right? By the way, are we talking about the Michigan sign stealing scandal or pot 20 years ago? 
<laughs> yeah, we're talking. Everyone's doing it. Should it really be that big of a penalty, man? Yeah, I hit, I hit all the buzz. <laughs> I hit all the buzzwords on that one. Yes, the it's Michigan only side it's only a nickel bag. I don't see what the deal is. <laughs> uh now legal in ohio so hey it's really not a big deal anymore so and no anyway like from the beginning i have very much been with you that like this doesn't need to be this massively punished thing and i don't i i think some and on some level i thought we were taking a little bit too far with the way that it was being covered and talked about and all this different and, and the outrage right the public outrage from it when i saw what i saw at the end of this penn state game where Sharon Moore was standing there at his post-game interview, tears flowing from his eyes as if Jim Harbaugh had been hit by a car prior to the game. It was in like the ICU on his deathbed. And all of a sudden, oh, we feel so terrible. And oh, this, we went out there and played for Jim today and no, everyone's counting us out, and it's it's us against the world, and all these different things. Oh, oh, oh. he woe went to me. He oh, went. That's my head coach. Woe, woe is that's, me. Oh, that's my guy. Let's, let's wipe the crocodile tears out of our eyes. No, one of the most pathetic things I have ever seen in my life. And listen, even if you wanted, if Michigan wanted to turn this into, listen. We think it's wrong that they're suspending Jim Harbaugh. He said he didn't know, and we're using this as motivation. We're going to go kick the ass of Penn State. We're going to go kick Ohio State's ass in two weeks. If they wanted to look at it that way and they wanted to use it as like this motivational thing, I wouldn't blame them for that because anybody who feels like they're being disrespected or whatever is obviously going to going to, going to take that lane or, or use that as, as motivation. But, Nick, to act like they're the victims in this, like no matter how you feel about Jim Harbaugh getting suspended, the fact still remains. There is evidence, hard evidence against you that you guys flat out were stealing signs illegally. Like you cheated. You flat out cheated. And you're on national television now crying because your head coach got punished for it. Like you give me a fucking break. What is that? What is that? I don't hate the bet signs. That was funny. There's actually some funny stuff in this. Like JJ McCarthy um, did the sign stealing thing as well, which is really funny after big play. But the the crying was like, okay, all right, listen, you can feel like you have been jobbed. You can feel like the NCAA, and I think there is some reason to believe that like some of this is that people just don't like Jim Harbaugh and that he seems to be a weird a-hole and that he seems to be just a, a, a really tough bastard to get along with. But like, honestly, man, I saw like, I, I am, I am the biggest softy in the world. I've got three daughters. I have been. It looked so uh, like, disingenuous. It looked I, so fake and so I can stupid. Cry. It was so pathetic. You know those TV commercials that are designed to make you cry? They crack. They crack me in like half a second now. I'm a. I'm as I get older. I'm so much more emotionally weak than the man who like at 21 cried like three times. You needed a whole box. You probably needed a whole box of tissues for and, like the, Tom, the Tom Rinaldi uh, but, game day pieces. That oh yes, do. can't do it. Cannot do it. Uh, and, and now college game day, like the whole point is just can, how much make, can we make? How, how much can cry? we make Big Wilson yeah. cry? <laughs> like they're they're literally like they have some sort of know monitor on my yeah. stuff, and they're like, oh, let's see, he only cried three times last week. We got to get him at least five times this next week. Uh, do we have any kids with cancer out there that we could really just you know shake him up on? Now that being said, I when I see another person cry, I can very get, get very emotional, and I laughed. I laughed. And again, I'm I'm very sympathetic to the way Michigan fans see this whole thing. And Sharon Moore crying was one of the funniest things. Like I was giggling nonstop. We were at um uh I almost said Olive Garden. So it was my father-in-law's uh birthday party today, and we're at Red Lobster in in that Stowe area. And there's like a downtime and everybody's kind of talking amongst themselves. And I put on the video and then I just start giggling. I mean, I'm, I'm like in, in the middle of a restaurant, just like cackling because of the, you, you man, you my guy, man. And it's like, he's not dead. He's not dying. He's just a dude that is clearly being targeted by the big 10 and forces inside the big 10 and the NCAA. He'll be okay. Like, here's the thing, guys. He's still going to be a millionaire tomorrow. 
And even if he doesn't coach these games, they're still probably going to the playoffs. And he's still probably even, by by the way, even if this costs him his job, he's going back to the NFL where he's arguably been the more successful coach. There's don't cry for me, Argentina. And I just thought it was really funny. Everything else I kind of thought was fair game. Like the, the griping and the bitching and all that. But seriously, with, uh, with the, when he was pointing at the camera, I just, I kept rewinding it because I just got glee. And like, honestly, Sharon's going to be a head coach very, very soon. This might be the first thing I ask him when I'm like interviewing him to be the new head coach at like West Virginia. Uh, what was that crying shit about, man? That's a little weird. Don't you think that was a little bit much? Well, but that, the, the funny thing is, Nick, like, He's sitting there crying into the camera and saying, that's my head coach. The guy almost left you. Like the guy almost went to the NFL last year. Like he might not even be here right now if if, if he had gotten offered the NFL job that he wanted. Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, that's my head coach. I'm going to go to bat for him any day. Yeah, well, in two months, he might be. He might not even be at Michigan anymore. You're still going to go to bat for him for that? Then it, it, the whole thing is just so disingenuous. It's so ridiculous. And I'm going to be honest, that whole bit or whatever the hell they were trying to do on national tv i've turned i've turned i'm in the other lane now i am completely in the other lane they cheated punished jim harbaugh i hope the suspension is upheld this is absolutely ridiculous because if they're at at the very least like they just take ownership of something take ownership of something like to act like they're the victim in this is absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous You've been getting crap by Ohio State fans for about three no, weeks now. That's not it. And I, it's the flip flop. You flip. You're doing the Ken Carmen flip flop now. You I can see tell. What you're okay, doing. you can tell me I'm flip flopping, and that's fair. I, I am very much flip flopping. <laughs> I will own that I'm flip flopping, but I can promise you it was not from outside pressure from uh, Ohio State fans because I'm an independent. I'm a grown ass man, and I can stand by my takes. I you have know, no man, issue with that. But... I'm just so proud of you for flip flopping. And I, for... <laughs> Yeah, just like man, you're like my man. You're just like my you're like my co-host on this, and I just really appreciate it, man. And it's just good to be your co-host. And you know, oh, sorry, I blacked out. <laughs> All right, guys, we got one more segment to go. Uh, we will take any reaction. Did you think the interim or acting head coach of Michigan? Do you think those were real tears, or did maybe he no. spritz something in his eye there? But when we come back, we'll get to the Michigan panic meter. Oh, man, I might have to do the worst thing to you. I just realized I might have unlocked something. Also, hey, I have, a, I have a graphic I want to show when we come back. All right, too. just just to be clear, it's, it's, like a, it's not like a picture. <laughs> it's okay. It's not. Uh, <laughs> um, and we got uh, – we've, we've, Hey, we've had, enough, uh, we've had enough genitalia on the show for, I didn't, for one week. We, I didn't you know, know if it was from your only Spence. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pay no. them bills now that no. you've left academia uh but we also have love it like it or leave it quick word from our sponsor though We back. We is back. Before we get to the Michigan panic meter, and I might have to do Spencer uh, dirty here because I may have actually changed my what I told him before uh, the show. I, I can know. change it. I can I do know. it. I'm I a real prick it. here. Just um, let me know what it is. We'll, I'll, I'll change it for you. Um, well, I'll, I'll put it in the comments. But okay. you have a graphic <laughs> yes. uh, okay. that you would like to share. So in flip-flopping my stance on the Michigan scandal, I need, I, 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 here's the thing. I don't know that we've talked or discussed on this show specifically, like how much we actually think the sign stealing impacted winning, because that's the, that's the thing in all of this. Like, 
I understand the perspective of everybody's doing it. Everybody's picking up signs and they're all figuring this out, whether it's the right way or the wrong way. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But for Michigan to invest as much time and money into this as they did, they clearly must believe that it was giving them some sort of advantage. So this was, this was the graphic that was thrown up during the game courtesy of, or this was on ESPN. I'm sorry. This was on ESPN. And like the proof is in the pudding, right? Like they, they, they weren't stealing signs. They were stealing signs and look at the difference in, in the, the, the records. So I, I, I'm not saying that it has this mass. Like, I don't, I guess the question in this Nick is like, how much of an impact does it have? Because I don't know if we can quantify that, but I think it's an interesting question because clearly they believed that it had some sort of impact in them winning and losing because they wouldn't have invested as much time and resources as they did into it. I would suggest that finally finding the right quarterback in J.J. McCarthy has had, and not just that, I mean, there there have been a couple other things that have happened, but like this is a team that has been held back like largely by quarterback play, and they had a quarterback that had been with them for a while. But doesn't it help if that quarterback knows – the play that the defense is running against you. So I, I listen, I do think that and and really it's not about sign stealing. It's about in-person scouting, right? I, I am fairly certain that that has some level of impact because you get a familiarity with them that you wouldn't otherwise have. I don't think that's necessarily why that graphic is the way it is though. So I would say like the the graphic is a little bit, the graphic makes it probably more hyperbolic than what it is. I, I will agree with you on that. Like the graphic is what the graphic is. We love to take these things and be like, well, this equals this. I understand that. I was showing the graphic for some context there, but I, I do think it must have had some impact for them to spend as much time and money as they did doing it for as long as they did. Also, uh, Chuck saying, JJ McCarthy, come on, big fucking eye roll. That's how I read it. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. McCarthy is legitimately the best quarterback they've had, and it's not even even though they beat Penn State today with him throwing like eight passes or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, no, JJ McCarthy's the real deal, and Ohio State fans can like scoff at him. Um, I actually kind of think JJ McCarthy is going to (laughs) also Chuck saying that's how I said it. Um, No, um, let's show this. It's not average. I'm just, I can't do this. Like, I get it. We don't give Michigan any credit. He's not average. He is, if he was Ohio State's quarterback, you would probably be be winning by another 10 points. That's fair. Because uh, even though he's more of a work in, sorry, not more of, he's a work in progress as a passer and he still has things he has to do more consistently. His ability as, as somebody that can move around buys them. I mean, honestly, it's what's missing well, we, from Kyle McCord. So ta- yeah, we talked about it earlier. That's the one thing that's missing. I want to show this comment real quick because this is a good one for me. Buckeye Brown says, I approve of the unis. That's cherry go. picking. That, you did me dirty there, uh, Spencer. Well, we, sh- we, right. showed, we showed somebody who wasn't feeling the unis, so we found somebody who did. That's all. Let's get to the Michigan panic meter. <laughs> St- hold on. Still a work in progress. Stall for, stall for like two, like a minute. All right. <laughs> I'm stalling now for a minute. Um, there's, listen, I gotta say, we I, have. Here's what you need to say. We have imaging for this. It has finally happened. We've, you know what? That's actually the best um, way to put it. Is we have been begging the uh, the uppers at 2400 Sports and at Odyssey for uh, for some sort of graphic on this, and they have finally come through. And we did have to get. We there were rewrites. All right. They initially gave us uh, a, a very nice graph, but there was not enough white. Not enough white. We needed more. <laughs> and we we got it. We got there's not it because there's not enough of that on this show or in this yeah. country, you know, yeah. or or in Odyssey in general. But yeah. yeah, no, we so we got it finally. And I will say the reason I'm having to stall is because I changed it literally as we were talking about it. Let's get so to the you, Michigan. So panic. Nick Nick flip flop now. Yes, I. I but it's a good flip-flop. You'll like it. Are, are you going to go first or am I going to go first? You can Maybe. go first. All right. I came into this at Light Scarlet. And if you guys know, if, you have, if you're not familiar with the Michigan panic meter, we've got five levels. The least panicked is gray, and then it goes light gray, then white, 
that which is neutral basically then light scarlet and then regular scarlet and i had been light scarlet but ever since jim harbaugh got suspended i don't know it's a guarantee that he's going to be there for the game and ever since i saw sharon moore cry um as if like it was band of brothers like 60 years later like at the end of band of brothers when dick winters talks about you know my grandson asked me if i was a hero and I thought about it and I said, no, but I served in the company of some heroes. That's the kind of energy Sharon Moore put off for a head coach making $10 million a year. Well, like $8 million a year because he got a pay cut a couple of years ago. But who's going to be just fine. So I kind of think Michigan actually might be a little soft. I kind of think like I'm, I'm moving it back to white. I am now neutral. I am neither panicking nor not panicking. I am right there in the middle because I lost a little bit of uh, respect for the toughness of Michigan today. Thank you. So that is where I am. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like uh, we talk about, oh, football is this tough guy sport. Then you got people out here crying because their head coach had to wait at the hotel for the game during the game. Give me a listen. Give me a fucking break. Listen, Absolutely you can cry absurd. for a. There's a lot. Okay, Caleb Williams. I had no problem with him. Yeah, crying. I had no problem with that. Right? But when when Mike Leach actually died, it, that's an appropriate yeah. time to cry. Your head coach dies. Um. Jim Harbaugh is at a local Hooters watching the game because he got suspended by the Big Ten, even albeit in an, in an unfair manner. Let's simmer down a little while, bit. While like, you, while it is proven that you cheated, like it is, there is actual evidence that you did these things. Well, like, well, let's remember there's a different there's a difference between it's been proven and there's evidence. Proven okay. means there's it's evidence, actually been there's invented. evidence that they cheated out right. there. That is public, you, public consumption. Uh, well, along the same lines of what you said, the crying from Sharon Moore, uh, what I, it, it, and, and beyond that though, like I'm not just going to base this off of that incident alone um, because I watched that game against Penn State and then I, you know, you, you juxtapose it to the game tonight, which I know it's Michigan State. It's a cupcake matchup in this instance for Ohio State. They covered the spread. It was a massive spread. You kind of figured this was going to happen. But with what I saw from Ohio State tonight and what I've seen the last couple of weeks, it feels like they're building some momentum. I think Ohio State, or I think Michigan rather, seems like they're soft about this whole scandal and the crying and whatever. And because I thought Penn State played at least as close of a game as they played against you if you're Ohio State, like that felt like a, a similar style game as what we saw in the in Ohio State Penn State earlier this year, and it felt like a matchup that Ohio State actually has a chance in. So for the first time, Nick, I'm going into the light gray, baby. Look at that. This is downright dangerous. Light gray. We haven't had light gray this entire time, but I'm there after I watched that Penn State Michigan game because I felt that Penn State. Kept that close. I knew we knew Penn State wasn't going to win because James Franklin always throws up on himself, and that's exactly what happened. But uh, yeah, they, they kept it close, and I felt if if they were close to Penn State and Michigan, I think Ohio State has a little bit better footing than maybe I gave them credit for, and I think they could also play a close game against Michigan. And if it comes down to like a one score game, who knows anything can happen. So I'm feeling very light gray today. All right, guys, now it's time for our love it. Like it and leave it. You can leave yours in the comments there. If we see them before the end of the live show here, we will, of course, react to them. So give us something you like, or sorry, something you love from today's game, something you like from today's game, and something you'd like to leave from today's game. I will start with love it. 35 first half points. Ryan Day, after the Rutgers game, talked about the importance of needing to be aggressive early. I don't care it's against Michigan State. You scored 35 of your 38 points and you were in cruise control. Really, by the time you scored that last touchdown, let alone once you got in the second half, where we did get to see, I believe, either your third or fourth string quarterback today, which is exactly where I like to be. So I loved the 35 first half points by the Buckeyes offense. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, I'm sort of along the same lines. Well, A, I was going to say, circling back to what we talked about Marvin Harrison, I loved, loved the wrinkle of having Marvin Harrison Jr. in the run game. I think that's something that you can use, especially with Kyle McCord not being as mobile. It's a different element you could bring to the offense, so I hope that's something that they continue to try or use, especially in some of these bigger games. Um, so I think that's one. But also I really loved 
Um, just you mentioned the 35 first half points. This offense from the out of the gate was lights out, running on gunning up and down the field. It's exactly what you need. Uh, I I had talked about last week how they'd only they were averaging like 10 points, I think, in the first quarter or in the first half and all together. So to see them kind of come out hot was an encouraging sign that hopefully is a sign of things to come. All right, now it's time. Oh, by the way, real quick, Chuck saying he loved that Ohio State covered the spread and got to rest their starters. That yeah. brings us to like it. And um, I like that you only needed 13 carries and 63 yards from Travion Henderson. He did have the touchdown today. Um, I think, you know, coming off that injury, I know Travion's a, a war daddy. I understand that he can handle a, a significant workload. But, man, they had 46 carries the last two weeks in games, especially against Rutgers, where, you know, I think he had either 24 or 22 carries of the 46 carries in his two games since returning from an injury. That's a lot of work in a matchup against Rutgers. Maybe it shouldn't take that kind of workload. So the idea that you were able to rest, you, you, you kept him fresh. He got his action in, but then was able to come out. I thought that was really, really important. I thought they did a good job of getting Trainum in there. Uh, Xavier Johnson ran the ball. Marvin Harrison Jr. ran the ball. You know, so they even got the wide receivers in it. I thought that was, uh, to me, that's a very nice subplot to come out of this game. Um, I like it. I actually spoiled earlier in the show, but I was going to say the gray, the gray unis. I was a fan. I enjoyed them. I thought they were nice for this for this setup, the night game. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed those. <sighs> Sorry, Nick. Are you, are you, but are you like, are you a uniform guy? Like, do you care about that stuff or do you just kind of like, usually. Eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, usually I don't care about, um, uniforms or announcers. So they have to be either really good or really bad in my opinion for me to like be bugged by it. All right. So we've gotten our, my, uh, like it and my love it. And we got Spencer's like it and love it. Keep putting your like it and love it's in the uh, in the the comments there i will now go to my leave it and all right i'm i'm totally okay that they didn't run it up anybody else want to see a little bit more from lincoln keenholds because that kid if you don't know his story he's like he's a he's a kid from uh south dakota that like they basically said eh, we'll see if you ever see the light of day and i know um you know devin brown has been hurt but like this kid has already kind of worked his way up behind a few more guys that are actually a little more the, the kid Tristan, I think his name is Ebius, who I think was the third stringer. And I gotta say, Lincoln Keenholz did not seem in any way intimidated by the moment. He only threw, I think, three passes, but like I kind of want to see if that I kind of want to just say, like, hey, let, let's let the kid cook a little bit. Because he kind of is, he kind of is a cocky little bastard, and I kind of was like, <laughs> I, I get it, guys. It's it's a Saturday night. Maybe I've had a couple cocktails, but I kind of was like digging the vibe of Lincoln Keenholes. I wanted to see a little bit more. I want to see maybe five or six passes, and just see could we get could we have something over the top? Just just to give give me a little taste. Could you could you see him supplanting McCord next year? No, no. But but You're like don't go that far, Spencer. Oh, well, man. I mean, I think it's been if a very hyperbolic show, but not that much. If Jeez. anybody supplants McCord next year, it's either going to be Air Noland or a transfer. So, uh, but mm, maybe I got a transfer. Two, two or three. Is it is it Michael Pratt of Tulane? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's exactly. Right. We're on the same wavelength. We also, exactly Chuck saying, um, leave it the NBC announcers. Mm. I'm just yeah. going to leave it right there because I don't disagree. What's your leave it, buddy? <laughs> uh, well, I think the obvious leave it is having this game in primetime. I mean, what a joke, really. But, I mean, I guess that it's not like they knew that going in. But I, I think here's what needs to happen. College football needs to wise up and do what the NFL does, which is if late in the season – there's matchups that are more advantageous to getting eyes on them that are more important to the landscape of college football. They should be flexing those games into later slots and moving late slot games into earlier slots. I think that should be what happens. So I, it, so the problem is obviously that it's from different networks. So this was on NBC. Yeah, no, I, I understand that for sure. I, I think it should be called merciful scheduling. Because the idea... I think that, NBC also needs to just be like, listen, Notre Dame, we love you. 
But if you guys have three losses in November, we're going to prioritize games that matter more. Sorry. I also would just say, like, um, <laughs> nobody wanted to watch this friggin' game at 7.30 at night. This is just, I, call it merciful scheduling, call it common sense scheduling, call it whatever you want. But it was just caca. And it, again, Ohio State did everything they needed to. There's no downgrading this no win. Pac, no Pac-12 after dark next year. Like, we're not going to have like, nothing. But, like, let's... Let's just use a little bit more common sense here. Thank you to all the commentator, commentators, all the uh, uh, all the people that chipped in in the comment section there. Please do not forget to like, rate, subscribe, and follow. Some of those things you only can do one or two of, but make sure to do that. We are a new <laughs> podcast. We appreciate your patronage, Spencer. I actually thought we actually talked more about this game and the Michigan thing than I thought we. Would. I did. I thought there was going to be like a thirty-minute podcast. So good, good job out of you. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I was. I, I think I put the over/under on talking about Michigan State, Ohio State at like five minutes, and we definitely exceeded that. So I hope you guys pounded the over there. All right, guys, always pound the over. Follow mm-hmm. at Nick Wilson says Rising. it says it right there. At Spencito underscore, why the underscore, we'll never know. We'll see you guys on Tuesday when we start talking about the Minnesota game and whatever latest batshit stuff is coming out of this Michigan scandal. See you guys.